Hello, and welcome to episode 135 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for drunken Magic the Gathering Arena content. That's right. Just a couple of regular dudes drinking some irregular beers and talking about Magic the Gathering. In particular, the online client, MTG Arena. And, oh, baby, when I say that this is my favorite episode. I really mean these are my favorite episodes. Uh, this is our first sips of Ixalan. Uh, oh, baby, so much fun. Uh, we're gonna talk about how the format is um, feeling to us so far after our first thoughts or first sips of it. And uh, we'll get into some of our worthless slots, which are cards that we think are important in standard. Uh, we will get to that later. But first, each week, we uh, drink a beer, and then we rate it on a scale from bronze to mythic, just like the tiers in Arena. So with that, Jeff, what's on tap? Ooh, I'm excited about this. So some number of episodes ago, uh, we had tried some beer from a brewer around my neck of the woods. It's mm -hmm. called Barrel Heart. What they do there is they age saisons, and then they mix it with a variety of things. Now we tried, I think last time we tried the Goza, so it's like a salty mm -hmm. version. Oh. And then we tried the cherries, mm -hmm. so it's aged with cherries. This time I went and I was like, do you guys sell just like your base, just saison, don't add anything to it, you just age it. And then he's like, of course we do. So uh, I was like, we got to get that one so we know what the baseline is and then all your crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it was fantastic, by the way. So I already, my expectations are... Sky high. sky high the the highest they could be yeah um so this is that just aged saison they haven't added anything mm -hmm. to it this is just sort of their base beer now you said they change they kind of changed the recipe to suit what they're like mixing it with mm -hmm. so it's not just like they always take this and they add stuff to it but this sure. is sort of as close to that as you can get as you can get um it is called oubliette of staves uh i love this name so okay. do you know what an oubliette is? So I know that there's a magic card called oubliette. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that is my, that is all I know. It's like a black enchantment. But besides that, I, I really don't understand what it is. Yeah, so it comes from French. Oublier is like forget. So oublier in French would be to forget. Okay. An oubliette is basically like a tiny dungeon. So it's like a medieval dungeon that they would throw mm -hmm. someone in. And it's like, we just forget about that person because they're in the the oubliette is oh, sort of God. the idea of the word and i think the only way to get in and out is a trapdoor on the ceiling oh, on the ceiling oh, so gotcha. it's sometimes called like a, a bottle dungeon because it is kind of like they threw you into a bottle oh. um, and then a stave is like the piece of wood on a barrel so the oubliette of staves is the barrel and mm -hmm. they're putting the beer in there and then just forgetting about it and then like a year or two later coming back to it oh okay and this is our beer now so the oubliette of staves is like a really Ooh. poetic way of talking about the barrel that they're aging this beer in that's cool oh that's super cool that makes a lot more sense with their little poem on here um which uh well jeff would you like to read the poem i, sure. I believe i read the last one so it's, it's you did time. read the last yeah, one yeah. Fervently, we brew these beers and lay them down to rest, forgotten for a time unknown in their oubliette of staves. Hmm. Love it. Yeah. So the forgotten for, for a time unknown makes a lot more sense now on the beer. Um, I do 
the poem is so close to like having a sing-songy rhyminess to it that yeah, uh, it just doesn't rhyme it just doesn't rhyme but <laughs> yeah. i'm fine with it um yeah. awesome. i kind of like that actually because yeah. your brain wants it to rhyme and then it does and then it throws you off so let's see if the beer does that to us um okay. but yeah this time i came prepared oh good i don't know if you Fantastic. can see the logo on this uh this no. is this is a Kate Spade bottle. Oh, is it? Oh. <laughs> uh, one of my wife's friends got for her at some point, and I was like, why does Kate Spade even make bottles? Anyways, yeah. whatever. We have a Kate Spade bottle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. Let's open this guy up. Oh, this is a nice large bottle, and is also yes. the bottle that uh, made us decide we're going to start drinking a single beer each evening. Uh, that's true this, if you this are, was the turning point mm -hmm. if you are a longtime listener of the show we used to drink three beers a night and then that's we have right. slowly slowly cut down to one We've however gotten that, older we have gotten older things are other things are happening anyway uh fantastic cheers boom boom all right with that we have some magic news mm. The Lost Caverns of Ixalan has, re, uh, has released on Arena, officially, finally. Hooray! Um, though, with that being said, um, there is a card called Fabrication Foundry that has been bugged since the beginning. And it's, it's not just, it's not like a removed from Arena, but it is banned. However, you can still open it in your draft pods and in your sealed pools. So... That's been a bit of a drama in the last couple of days. Um, I mean, that's ridiculous. It is. It is ridiculous that something happened and they can't just push a button to just turn off that card from ever showing up. And it just mm -hmm. like instead or shows at least up. a warning or something. Like, mm -hmm. Hey, you can't play this. Yeah. I mean, they did send out eventually send out a little thing um, like in your mailbox. Luckily, I have not opened it yet. I have seen it in a draft, but I haven't actually opened it myself. Um, Same. But then I was confused because I'd seen it. I knew I'd seen it in the draft. Mm -hmm. And then I opened that message. So I was like, what would have happened if I'd taken that card? Yeah, you just, there's like red over it and you just, you can't add it to your deck. It just makes your deck illegal. So brutal, brutal, brutal. Um, so, you know, this is Thursday. This I came out on Tuesday. I was expecting it to be, have like already been solved by now. It has not. So... Oh. Yikes. Anyway, besides that, everything else seemed to be going pretty well. We didn't have a like crazy long wait times. No one was complaining about that. So as far as arena releases go, it was close <laughs> to being great. Uh, yeah. Oh, well. Um, just be prepared. Don't go in hoping to play that deck. If you are a standard player and were hoping to play it, and that was like the card you were excited about, I'm really sorry. That Gotta sucks for you. Yeah. yeah. I don't think there are very many of you out there, but if you are like... one of those people, uh, I'm sorry. Um, moving on. So Jeff, um, how do you how do you like the set? How does it feel? What are your first first thoughts, first sips on it? Uh, having a lot of fun. I'm playing a uh -huh. lot. You know, this always happens. Start a new set. Play more than usual. Yeah, I'm not alone in that. Um, excited to play again. Although I was having a lot of fun even before the set dropped, but there's a bit of that like, am um, I going to go brew a new deck right now? 
Mm -hmm. That's about to drop. Maybe I'll wait a week and then I'll play next week. Um, But, you know, back in full swing now that the set has actually dropped. I think... Okay, so they always kind of crush it these days on a new set and it's like feeling and giving off the um, vibes they're looking for. You know, whether or not the set plays well and all that's a different story, but Mm -hmm. they always crush that card. But I was thinking about it, this one, I don't know if they crushed it as much as they usually do. Okay. In the sense that I found myself one, like, I think this, the spelunking and cave diving stuff is awesome. Mm -hmm. But I was wondering if I would have really, how much would I have felt it if I didn't know that that's what the set's about? Because there are a lot of above ground cards, like way more than I thought there was going to be. I think it it might feel like the cave diving is a theme, but maybe mm-hmm. not the theme if I didn't know that it was the theme. This is just something I totally. randomly popped into my head while I was drafting. That's true. I was looking and I was like, there's like two cave cards in this pack. One of them mm-hmm. is a cave and the rest are all like just above ground Ixalan stuff. And that's yeah, an unusual pack, to be fair, mm-hmm. like... I think it's cl- closer to like 50 60 percent kind of mm-hmm. cave themed yeah um, but they said there will be some above ground Ixalan stuff before the set release and this is more than I was expecting expecting yeah that's funny I hadn't really noticed that or even really thought of it um mm-hmm. obviously certain types of cards lend themselves better in caves black cards blue cards things like that maybe yeah. red ish but um so but that is interesting, thinking of it from like an art perspective of like uh, the obvious issue being in a cave is that it's dark and you can't have the entire set just dark and not lit from above, which is what we're used to. Um, right. So everything has like to be... dinosaurs. How big is this yeah. fucking cave? <laughs> I mean, the caves are huge. I know that. Yeah. I haven't actually read any of the story yet, but um, I do know that it's, a, it's enormous and there's a huge world. But yes, I... I have been spending most of my time playing flyers, which is something you wouldn't expect to uh, have a ton of in a cave, I would think. Right. Um, or your advantage of being a flyer is not nearly as important because you have less space to to fly. Right. Um, it's more so, bounded. Which could make sense why a poison dart frog has the perfect reach uh, and can destroy oh, anything God, in man. the air. Um. I've gotten my first draft I did. I think I got three surprise reach blocks with that guy. I had two mm. of them in my deck, and so many people just attacked like a big angel right into it. And I was like, block. Mm-hmm. I was <laughs> the that... first time I was like, why do I have priority here? Yeah. The declare blockers phase. And I was like, oh, because I can activate my frog, but obviously I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm, no, no, it's. I'm declaring blockers and it's letting me. This thing has reach. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> yeah. That card's great. Um you saw it's very, very good. It's probably the best per- I mean, I've played two drafts, but for yeah, me yeah. it's the I've been treating it like the number one green card. Uh it's very close. Um I've played twelve drafts and I <laughs> I've been getting I there was one in particular game that I got fucking wrecked by a bunch of tree frogs and uh, <laughs> I've been streaming a little bit recently. Um, so if you're interested in that, go to our Discord channel. Actually, um, we always we have a lot of friends that 
will stream or, or post stuff. Um, so if you're in there, you'll get updates and things. And um, so if I'm ever doing a lot that, of cool you can, content, you can check it out. Find there. Yeah, as well as talk to us and like see decks and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and bitch about this fucking tree frog. Holy, like it's it is the cutest card, and I do love it, and it's so wonderful, and it's really strong. But I uh, just the strength of my opponent having two on the battlefield because. I just obviously did the math wrong with their lands, forgetting that the frogs can block and then activate each other. Mm -hmm. and That's just... the thing I think people forget about because you'll usually mm -hmm. have one showing mm -hmm. and then you just block, tap, and give it that touch. And you're like, great. So I totally just, just ruined my board into that. And then later in the game, the board state was so huge that I just didn't even see the frog. So... <laughs> That was frog a, again. Come it, on. Uh, so I got got by three frogs with like really important creatures. So, um, as I was saying, I'm really into flyers. Oh god. Which means you'll never get got by a frog again, right? You've got mm, that in your system. No, no, it's going to happen so many <laughs> times. It's going to be horrible. Um, There's always that one card in a format that you never learn. No. It's like in my mind, this thing shouldn't have reach, so it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. You just never adapt. Or just like, yeah, or the same thing with like cards that you expect to have reach. So you're like, I can block them. And you're like, oh, my yeah. God, it, this this it looks like it has reach. reach. The fucking uh, frog has reach, but this thing doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Or a lot of, for me, it's always flying. The art mm -hmm. looks like the thing can fly. Yeah, it's like floating or something. Yeah. yeah, it's in the air a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, oh, attack. They just block with the ground creature. Like, what? This yeah. thing doesn't have flying? Oh, my God. My card for that <laughs> is the... um. The blue black uh uncommon creature uh ukenbach mm -hmm. the great mistake the one that, like comes back from yeah the if you have yeah. to send eight you can keep playing it from your graveyard it's like the five minus six four it has vigilance and menace but i always thought it had like in my mind it has vigilance and flying because it looks like it's flying because right. the light source is its body but it, you if you look really closely you can see some legs touching the ground and you're like fuck you i get <laughs> <Artist>. it <laughs> oh, you got me which is like a hilarious thing that only magic players care about obviously because it's yeah. like you know it we just do... shows how much of shortcutting i do based on the card art yeah and, and how important... yeah that thing flies for sure yeah like how important art is on magic cards mm -hmm. um it's so... how i remember cards like Eventually you get to a point, obviously at the beginning you have to read it, but eventually you get to a point where you see the art and you know what the card does. Mm -hmm. It's not usually that I read the name of the card and then know what it yeah, does. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, guess what Because whenever you, like, I was looking at 17 lands earlier today and it was just showing me a bunch of names of cards. And exactly. I was like, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. You got to be the showing card me. Is this, you hover over it. You're like, that yeah. one. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. That, that one is good. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, me telling 17 lands that... Uh... <laughs> It's like, mm, I they, don't need an, you. they need a small image. Like if they just put like the card art really, even really small, because I know it's mm -hmm. a big like database. Yeah. That would stop me from having to hover or when I'm looking at deck lists on magic.gg or whatever. Yeah, that's the thing. So this isn't, I mean, like we're getting a little off track, but like <laughs> on magic websites, this drives me fucking bananas where they just take the most recent art of whatever card it is and it's always like some bullshit secret layer or something and i'm always like what the hell is this what is this yeah, yeah or, or something that's like strangely enough if they take like the art from the image of the card on arena it throws me off because like some of the cards aren't like arena cards so some of them have 
like the text looks different because there's no flavor right. text and the way that it's written just a looks arena cards look different they do they they look different which is fine and and they work really well in the system but when you put them in the real world or like around other cards it just looks really strange um, they do look really weird and so i spend uh, next mo- to a real card yes yeah. so i spend most of my time just focusing on that and not even thinking about the deck list at all um so that or if, if you're you know particularly lucky and you're looking at a deck list on magic.gg it mm. will just show you the wrong card the wrong card <laughs> yeah i can't believe that the premier website for the world championship decks yeah. can't <laughs> show the fucking cards right like if I'm I like, was whoa, they're playing that card, and then I read yeah. the title. Like, oh no, no, of course no, they're, not. they're not. And like if I was looking at deck lists for like Flesh and Blood or like Pokemon or like any other card game now, that you didn't know as well, that was one of the websites. I'd be like, I don't know if I want to be part of this system. If this is how that would you be run so confusing, thing. right? Yeah, like, you might even be like, which card is actually in the deck? Yeah, because is the name in the deck list wrong or is the image wrong? And you we would know that the image is ludicrous and the name yeah. of the deck list makes sense <laughs> because of how things go. But in other games where like the the resource system is different, like I don't know, I have no idea. How am I supposed yeah, to know if I that's a good card or not? I I can't evaluate cards anyway. If it's a fire Pokemon in a fire deck, I don't know. It seems reasonable. I don't know. Could be. Yeah, <laughs> Charizard. So... Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, in actuality, Charizard it's like sucks. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. Right. I know nothing about the Pokemon TCG. Oh, you but... just made so many people very mad. All of our Pokemon fans <laughs> are like, Charizard yeah. sucks? What the Excuse fuck? Me? Skip. Delete <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Unsubscribe. Uh anyway, Blastoise for life. Anyway, um Oof. <laughs> You didn't make the worst choice, but you didn't make the best choice. Mm. Okay, real quick, side tangent. What are you talking about? What is your favorite Pokemon then? If it's not Oh no, it is it is Charmander that you gotta start with. That's correct. Hmm. Wordle's second best. Bulbasaur is the worst. Bulbasaur I like Bulbasaur. Bulbasaur gets uglier and uglier as he grows up and he just kinda sucks. Um, yeah. So well do... so here's the thing. I'm talking about the games, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know you're talking about the games. Yeah. So the I... first two gyms are rock and water. Mm-hmm. Bulbasaur is good against both of them, mm-hmm. right? Squirtle's good against one of them. Mm. Charmander sucks against both. So if you want to play on hard mode, you play Charmander. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Like yeah. the true pros play Charmander because once you get later in the game, you can pick up whatever Pokemon you want to beat whatever mm-hmm. gym. Yeah. The first couple of gyms, you really are riding your starter. And Charmander's an uphill battle, man. <laughs> he so sucks against him... rock and he sucks against water. So that just means that, like, he it sucks. It means you're though. elite if mm. you pick him. But you get paid no. off later because Charizard's the best. All I remember is that Charmander almost died because it started raining outside in the, the TV show. And Ash had to go get him oh, and like, put a leaf over his tail. Well, I, don't, I didn't ever play the games. I watched the show a little bit until yeah. my mom said that I wasn't allowed to anymore. Um, well, because it I promotes animal slavery so that's why i mean it literally just is that if you want to frame it that way yeah it's like cockfighting but for kids um anyway (laughs) coming back um (laughs) so strong as the spear man (laughs) 6.6 percent um anyway uh though i so i would just want to say but i've been playing a lot of limited obviously um it's only been a few days and 
I do really like this limited format. And I think they, whatever team was part of this, just to like make the mechanics of things, really learned uh, so many lessons from last time we were in Ixalan. Like, I feel like last time we were there, they were phoning it in and they're like, people are gonna like pirates and dinosaurs. Yeah. People like vampires. People just want to do the kindred thing. They just want to and do that so thing. Let's just give them that. And they do, but they also want other things to do. Do you know what I mean? So I think this yeah, set so has done a perfect job with that. Like, For sure. So for a quick recap, if you weren't around the original right. Ixalan, basically mm -hmm. what Zach is referring to is it was the same thing. It had dinosaurs, pirates, merfolk, and uh, vampires. Mm-hmm. But it, like, people used to refer to it as drafting on rails because after you made your first couple of picks, okay, I'm the merfolk deck, mm -hmm. you basically just take every merfolk card that you see for the rest of the game of yeah. draft. So while the, doing the whole, like, kindred thing is cool and people do love it, people also like interesting draft choices. And yeah. it sort of didn't provide that because after the first few picks, you'd solidify a, um, like which deck you were mm -hmm. and then you just there was only Work. usually one or maybe two cards in any other pack that was suitable for you mm -hmm. so, so like you just look at the pack and you know exactly what you should take um and you know what everybody is around you the only possible interesting thing is that like vampires were white black uh and merfolk were blue green but there were grixis pirates which is blue red black and then there were naya dinosaurs which is white green red Right. So you could be all three or a combination of any of those. So if it, it could be, but for the most part, it really wasn't. Um, this, however, is fantastic because we have... Yeah, this doesn't feel like that at all in my no, arguably limited experience. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, oh. I like it. Um, just like pirates in the set really like artifacts. That makes sense flavorfully. We have cards that are like, you know, uh, a two mana two one that enters the battlefield, looks at the top cards of your library, looking for a pirate or an artifact. Boom. That just works. Uh, there's pirates that enter the battlefield and give map counters. Works. Like all that kind of stuff just feels like inherent. Um, and a lot of the strong strategies are just in, just interesting stuff. And then every once in a while, there would be a card that cares about pirates or something and you look at one of your cards you're like oh this does both thought of this. yeah like um it's a really elegant solution i think just yeah tying pirates to artifacts like it makes yeah. perfect sense lore wise it's very mm -hmm. simple and it gets you there there's also cards that aren't of any of the like notable uh, creature types which is something that we didn't really get last time it's like you do just have yeah, random cards that any and awesome. like you you don't need every creature to be like that we can have a fungus and it's fine you know what i mean um there can be you can tie vampires and pirates together through artifacts for mm -hmm. example yeah and actually artifacts is a theme here because you're you're like cave diving for lost treasure kind of thing so yeah, yeah artifacts sunken artifacts hidden way below the earth or whatever mm -hmm. and then you can tie them together you don't need to hit that critical mass of a certain creature type to make kindred even possible. Yeah. And when they did, tried to do that last time with four different creature types, it's like, well, if you want any of these to be viable, you need a certain critical mass of them. 
-hmm. so that's your that's your whole set with four yeah, with four different kindred like yeah. focus deck where you can play a bunch of cool dinosaurs but only some dinosaurs care about other dinosaurs um right. i do think of the the types dinosaur is the one that cares the most about each yeah, other it feels the most like traditional kindred yeah but we don't have like any lords really that's like well the uncommon of this color is a lord for this right. creature type so you want to do that like we just it, it it just feels so amazing um yeah so i'm loving that uh and all the craft stuff with like artifacts or creatures or islands or anything has been really interesting because as I'm going to say, in my experience, for the most part, I think games are going f much longer than the last set. Mm -hmm. And when we were in Wilds of Eldraine, the games were fairly fast. Now there are... But you meant then original Ixalan. I was like, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but I think that there are fast decks in this, and we're going to see as things start to shake up, like Obviously, fast decks are really strong at the beginning of a format where people don't know what they're doing. But as people yeah. start to... And we've talked about this a lot. You always say Boros is your go-to. I think... Just start in Boros. You're going to win your first couple of drafts. Now, in this set, I actually think that it's um, Blue-Red is the well, one of the Boros fastest Because Boros is kind of uh, Discover. Yeah, right? it's so like... It's not necessarily... It's much things. slower. So, like, the Blue-Red uh, artifact pirate stuff right. is yeah, really, yeah, yeah. really fast. Um especially the uncommon um what is this card called it's the blue uncommon uh zoetic glyph so this is a card you'd normally not really think about playing or wanting to but the auras in the set the thing that animates an artifact are awesome yeah so it added it's yeah. uh two and a blue and it animates an artifact into a five four but then whenever oh, five is a lot of power yeah. from map token so you're like you whatever turn one turn two you get uh, an artifact somehow turn three you slam this start swinging for five every turn and if you're blowing up their blockers that's just a four turn clock and you're like smoking yeah, five them. five is a lot it's a lot the other thing about this card is that when it goes to the graveyard you discover three so like all right you lose your aura and your map token and then you get another creature or something to replace it right and it, you just keep moving and it is and if it's a map token you can actually if the five four is not doing it for you you can actually like just that sa to happen. sack it away um yeah. though if a five Probably four pretty isn't, corner case isn't doing it for you but like maybe a removal spell or something right yeah if it something like that um which i'll talk a little bit more about discover in a minute uh or later down the line which would be great but anyway um that's not that's one of the cards if i see that card going around i'm like blue's open oh the fast blue deck is open and i'm missing it um mm -hmm. which is exciting to me because uh you don't always get the fast blue decks so uh, it's fun to have those that aren't like spell stuff um it's just refreshing to have like a blue red deck that isn't all spells yeah, because normally I'm just like, ah, I'm just not interested in playing blue-red in a draft. Mm -hmm. and, and and actually, Simic also, the Simic deck I've played against a few times, it doesn't seem that bad. Like, it's kind of just Explorer, yeah. like Creature Explorer. And I'm it's like, a... that could be kind of cool to play. Maybe I wouldn't hate that. No, it is, because, like, 
um you're both fighting over the Waterwind Scout, which is like the Murf. So this is the thing: the blue-green deck wants Murfolk. Waterwind Scout is the uh, the Wind Drake that makes a map token in blue. Um, Boy, that's a good common. <laughs> and so you fight over that card because it's a Murfolk for one of the decks, but it makes a map for the other deck. However, the Explorer deck also likes map tokens, and the Artifact deck just likes it because it's an artifact. Like that's the kind of stuff that's like, thank you for making this set interesting and cohesive like i i just think i would i came in really low because it's ixalan and i just have like kind of bad not bad memories but just like downer memories of ixalan like yeah. drafts that are lgs were really low at the time people didn't really want to show up and it was kind of like what are you playing ah pirates again kind of thing um yeah. but this this i like this yeah, it seems like they, like you said, learned a lot. And mm -hmm. I find they're always motivated, you know, when, because it's not just us that didn't love Ixlon Draft. That's like mm -hmm. a really. It's a universally kind of known. Yeah, I'm sure there strategy. are people out there that loved it, obviously. Yeah. But um, generally, the community thoughts on it are that it sucked. Mm -hmm. um, you know, limited resources probably said it was bad. So the, so everybody else thinks it's bad, too. thinks it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they know that. And mm -hmm. so I find generally when that's the case, they actually come out and hit pretty hard with the new, like they spend enough time curating the limited format mm -hmm. that, you know, time will tell. Maybe next week, two weeks from now, we'll say, actually, nope, they missed it. They missed it again. This limited format also sucks. Uh, it doesn't seem that way. Yeah, I'm gonna, and I usually it's... that's not how it happens. Usually they mm -hmm. come back and they say, we get it. Last time it sucks. Everyone's expecting it to suck again mm -hmm. because it's this, you know, four different creature types matter thing. But we're going to mix that up and we figured out a way to do it. We spent the time required to fix that problem. And uh, yeah, I agree. Like, I haven't drafted nearly as much as you, but... Mm -hmm. It does just seem like a lot smoother, and it's not. Mm -hmm. It's it doesn't feel the same. You're not playing a, against a kindred deck every time. Every match, exactly. You're not just like it's waiting pretty for... rare, actually. Yeah, because like for the most part, sometimes you you see the player hit like the nuts Merfolk deck or something. It's mm -hmm. like okay, like, here we go. Yeah, but like you really start with that enchantment that makes merfolk every time you attack and then every creature in your deck's a merfolk like give me mm -hmm. a break. <laughs> yeah well that um but like really the, the other thing that was funny this first couple days and i just want to remind everyone of this whenever you listen to this in the future or whatever but dinosaurs were impossible to draft because no one would let you because everyone was drafting dinosaurs like yeah that was the first you know half a dozen drafts i did that's everyone was doing dinosaurs and like people were posting on Twitter being like, guys, just fucking stop. Cause I want to draft dinosaurs. Everyone else stop drafting dinosaurs. Like, let me do it, please. Uh, and it's that's because I'm so disinterested in drafting dinosaurs. That I didn't even notice that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, one of the huge incentives is that you have like the, um, the common red removal spell. It's like a, a single red for a sorcery that deals two or, it deals uh, the damage. What is it? Uh, Triumphant Chomp. So it deals two damage, right. or it deals damage equal to the power of the the, the greatest power of dinosaurs you control. Um, so sometimes it's just like 
seven. <laughs> You're just like one mana, deal seven to this creature, um, which is one of the bigger kind of uh, kindred payoffs. Oh, yeah, anyway. It's like kind of talking red commons, just take a break for that every single time, right? Like that's a late pick, I guess, if you're already dinosaurs, or is that push to go dinos? I think that that's a, of the cards in the set, there aren't other versions of that card that are for the other um, kindreds, right? Gotcha. So you don't have like a merfolk counterspell, or you don't have a like vampire something. Um, so it's that is one of the things where it does push you a little bit more. Like, it will happen randomly, and two is usually enough to kill most of the early flyers, um, so you're usually fine. Yes, a braid is hate awesome. Hate sorcery, though. It, yeah, well, like, yeah. Like, sorcery speed shock is quite bad, I think. Or yes. It's not even shock. It's sorcery speed shock only for creatures. So, like, I guess the idea is only the dinosaur deck wants this. Yes. You don't really want to put this in a red just any red deck i would still put it in any red deck but you'll pro it's also because you'll probably have some random dinosaur that's just good in your deck that will pump it to three or right. four so i would want probably three dinosaurs before i would play this i would I and i would take this to survive early like pirate attacks and then if it scales later in the game and it actually kills a real creature awesome um but I'm also taking a braid. It's just easier to get these. I guess I'm imagining red as being an aggressive color too, right? Yeah. So I think one of the interesting things that, about draft is uh, Ben Stark taught me this, but um, people often think aggro decks want cheap cards, so they want mm -hmm. the cheap removal. Yeah. Actually, the opposite. Aggro decks need to remove big creatures because that's what stonewalls them. Mm-hmm. Control decks want the cheap removal that kills the cheap creatures. Interesting. Right? So, because they want to extend the game. Mm -hmm. So, you're often like, oh, yeah, my aggro deck wants. Now, Shock is not a good example because Shock goes to the face. Yeah. But, like, Magma Spray. Mm -hmm. Oh, my, my aggro deck wants Magma Spray. Not really. You don't care about a two toughness creature that much. You just mm -hmm. keep playing your stuff. You can attack through it. What you need is one of the, like, big five damage because you're just not going to get through a four or five yeah um whereas the the deck that wants the game to go long they need those magma sprays because mm -hmm. and once he said that i was like that makes perfect sense but my instinct was had always just been kind of the opposite like oh you want yeah. cheap cards in an aggro deck and expensive mm -hmm. cards in a control yeah. deck mm -hmm. um but it's like no for removal specifically it kind of flips on its head because yeah. what you're trying to accomplish with the removal is different I think that's actually perfect and also a perfect example of this card specifically because the dinosaur deck does want to survive to the late game because it's mm -hmm. more of like, I'm going to play huge threats that you can't deal with, so I need to kill the smaller things. And yeah. if I do happen to get something bigger and bigger, this removal spell scales with the game. It scales late, yeah. But also but that's why I was always thinking maybe one. other red decks aren't as interested mm -hmm. because totally. the other red decks might be aggressive, not have that many dinosaurs, and... Uh, yeah you're just not that interested in sorcery speed deal two to a creature mm -hmm. in uh in an aggro deck yeah um while we're here talking about that um i i know this is a lot about limited because that's what we've been doing but i just want to like i almost want to like 
stamp it being like, yes, this is what was happening at this time. If it changes later, it, it does. But Sunshot Militia is a huge mm -hmm. card, which is the one in the red for a one, three human soldier. And it says tap two untapped artifacts and or creatures you control. And then it deals one damage to each opponent. The caveat is that it's at sorcery speed. However, um, this tends to still kill people very quickly, even when you tap down all of your creatures and all your artifacts every turn, because your opponent is usually in a position where they could attack with all their creatures, but the Sunshot Malicious creatures are also big. So it's like, I either attack with everything while they're tapped down to deal as much damage as possible to try to race them. But then instead of just tapping all their creatures for one damage, they're just going to attack me with everything, which is more. So now I can't even really attack them. I have to just figure out how to kill the stupid militia. And yeah, it, you literally have to kill the militia. Yeah. And like I reading it when it came out, it looked really, really horrible. And I wasn't thinking this card was going to be a role player. And it's actually a huge role player in the format. So this is something I'm glad you brought this up because my brain autocorrected. There are a few cards with this text. My yeah. brain autocorrected it to artifacts. Mm -hmm. You tap to artifacts, you deal damage. I was mm -hmm. like, okay, that's trash. Horrible. Let's move on. Like yeah. even in an artifact deck, is that worth? No, no, no. no. Um, the fact that it's creep and or creatures makes this card quite strong. And yeah. I was actually looking at this for standard anvil because oh, you got some insane reach with that and it, like you have so many random artifact creatures and stuff that just like don't progress into the late game that well and this is just like tap it all like ping 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 ping, ping. yeah uh, tap it all and then sack some of it and then keep going like yeah you, this it feels like it's going to be one of those decks where you you have to be like uh on your math game to get it right. it's mm -hmm. like they're at 13 i have four things are they dead yeah like, <laughs> um like the old uh what's it called hardened scales type of thing where you're right. just like oh yeah they're actually dead because you're always thinking about how to survive and they're like no wait i just kill them mm -hmm. uh, this is this feels like that card because it's like yeah. wait every two things taps for a damage but then i can sack something to bring a new thing untapped uh, and if I have two of those and I get two things untapped and I tap both of those things. Right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, plus it's just a one, three, mm -hmm. which you're already like not disinterested in. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Seems, it seems like you could play this in Anvil. I it's a pretty good effect. I'm excited. And then to I'll see... talk about another card I want to play in Anvil okay. later, but combos insanely with this. So, All right. Um, yeah. So, and there's another card that has similar text to this that uh, nice. that got me. So, and then while I was like thinking about this anvil stuff, I was like, wait a minute, isn't this card just the absolute nuts in limited? It's... Like, it's a one three for two to slow the game down, and then just mm -hmm. gives you it just it just gives you longevity. Like people mm -hmm. talk about two drops extending into the late game. This literally just wins you the game. Yeah. If it goes unanswered and like any sort of board stall occurs. Yes. So this is the like white red, one of the white red cards kind of, because your blue red deck wants to attack. white red is like go wide. Yes. Because white red, like white makes all the tokens that are both artifacts and creatures. Um, and then Sunshot Militia uses all of them to kill your opponent. Um, this is a common, right? I find it's it kind a of common. 
and it's kind of hard to tell with this sense of moment. Yeah, people have been having that issue. It is common, um, but they're uncommon to find in draft because they get picked up very quickly right. already. It's a maybe a top tier red common. I think it is. I let me check quickly. I have seventeen lands pulled up. Like I don't know. Um, Am I taking this over a braid? Not at this point in the format, but I don't. Th- Think, like, let's look I at like red. It's inconceivable that it gets there. It might, though. There are some interesting cards above that. Uh, like the top tier red common is actually Goblin Tome Raider, Tome Raider, Tomb Raider. Um, currently, because of really? the blue, oh, because because of the aggro bias, the aggro. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I don't think that's going to stay forever. But if we're wow, how far down is this card? It's uh one two three four five six it's like eighth which is crazy above a bunch of aggro cards um and well a braid is like four and right above a braid is a card i really love in limited i i want to move on from limited but i have been playing a lot of it so i am very excited yeah. about it um but atali's favor has been doing work for me yeah so atali's favor is uh two and a red for a an aura and it gives plus one plus one and trample but when it enters the battlefield uh you discover three so you just as long as you do it at a time that makes sense and you're not going to get blown out you make a good attack and you get another thing which most of the time is another attacker especially when it ends up being like a hot foot gnome that's a three one with haste and so then you just swing in for like six on turn three it's amazing (laughs) yeah so i love designs like this because auras the reason they're traditionally so so bad and limited Mm -hmm. is they have two problems the first is that you can play your aura get your like thing now and then i kill your creature and you lose both cards so they're costed in a way that makes them permanent like Mm -hmm. plus two plus two as an aura is going to be more expensive than plus two plus two as a combat trick but they kind of often play like combat tricks because you get in the the two damage and once yeah Yeah. and so they're just very expensive combat tricks the other is you know you can get blown out even harder same way they have that same weakness of combat tricks where if i kill the thing you're targeting you get nothing and Mm -hmm. you paid so you paid probably spent your whole turn on it this does not eliminate the first issue or sorry it eliminates the first issue but not the second yeah so it will repay you with a card immediately meaning if i kill your creature after this has safely resolved yeah you're not that unhappy now it still has the i can blow you out by killing what you're targeting and it feels like a double blowout in this Mm -hmm. card in case of this card yes. so i think it's really smart that they made this discover an etb and not a cast yes trigger um i think all of them are like that actually um, yeah keep things consistent but also like like cascade was a cast so this exactly could yeah, change yeah. on cascade um also this is discovering you know three instead of two or two. whatever cascade yeah. would be um but this is a really great design because you still get blown out so you got to be mm-hmm. really careful casting it but once once you know the once it's safe Mm -hmm. play this and this is a totally reasonable card because sure there's some variance in like what you're gonna get yeah as your payoff but 
there's also some variance in sometimes they don't have the removal spell and auras are awesome yeah. so like those variances kind of counter each other where sure they have the removal spell maybe i got something crappy that sucks but there will also be times when i got something great or when they didn't have a removal and this thing just went went to town giving my mm -hmm. creature plus one plus one and trample and like made a three one haste or whatever like or, so, or something when they don't yeah. have the removal spell this is insane yeah right? <laughs> like getting able to attack in, you know, those weird turns at the very beginning of the game where like they play their, you play your two drop, they play their two drop, you play this attack into the two drop, and then you have a blocker and you don't have to start this race situation. And then you don't Anytime have Anytime you get a three drop, it. you're just like, it feels like it's going to be hard to lose. Anytime you get anything off of this so that they can't immediately play like tithing blade and make you sack your, your creature. Amazing. <laughs> so that's, that's what you want um, to just like not get got by that. Um, all right, Jeff, do you have any more thoughts about limited before we move into our worth of slots? Because I want to make sure we have enough time for those. Um, yeah, like I played the Golgari deck. Mm. That went relatively well. I think mostly I kind of drew pretty well and my deck was powered because I, um, I think I picked the right colors for my seat kind of thing. Gotcha. I'm not sure I'm convinced by that archetype after playing out some of the games. Felt like what mm -hmm. other people were doing was like a little more synergistic and powerful. And I'm sitting around there like waiting for descent and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, not sure this is the right format for this deck, but it was fine. And then the second time I drafted, jeez, uh, what did I? What did I end up in the second draft? It was a total train wreck. But I ended up in was it Boros? I think I tried to make Boros work. Anyway, something like that. I just something like that. Just got trounced. Dumped, so. Yeah, uh, I'm still figuring it out over here. But uh... I and I also am figuring it out. I was on stream today. I went uh, six three and then o three o three. So that was pretty rough. <laughs> um, and then I just stopped. So, you know six and nine overall. Yeah, not not great. Um, but I will say that uh, like blue is strong and white blue is like artifact stuff if you can get the like the signpost on common or whatever almost every time i had that card it, it's like a five mana artifact that makes a four four and you flip it for seven mana and then every time an artifact enters on your turn not every art sorry you can tap it to make a four four on your turn as long as an artifact entered the battlefield so if you have a mass amount of artifacts that card is busted and yeah. just pumping out art like four fours every turn is a winning combination and uh so that cool. that deck is one that i hope i don't have to play against a lot of the time because it's basically like little flyers then big four fours and you're like fuck ah uh, god what do i do this is so annoying um anyway jeff let's get into our worth of slots i i love our worth of slots um yeah i love them so much that I want you to explain what's going on with Worth of Slots and what we do every set. All right. So Worth of Slots is where we tell you which cards from this set are worth a slot in your deck. Remember that the most valuable resource on Arena is wild cards. Don't let mm -hmm. anyone tell you different. As long as you're a constructed player, I guess they're pretty useless for limited players. But for us <laughs> constructed players, uh, wild cards are your most valuable resource 
And so really early on in the format, it's all about what should I be spending wild cards on? So mm -hmm. we're here to tell you what we think are super solid picks. Mm -hmm. Maybe don't spend them yet, but keep an eye on it. And mm -hmm. like, don't do it, but this is cool. It's yeah. basically uh, the setup and it's themed, uh, it's basketball themed. So we have a... <laughs> Makes me laugh every time. Yeah. We we used to have this like sports thing going on that we don't really have anymore, but we've kept the old parts of it. I love it. This is the the last thing of the sports stuff that yeah, we've kept. Yeah, it's the last vestige of yeah. our, uh, this is a sport kind of thing. Um, so we have a layup. That's the card that you could feel comfortable spending a wild card on right now. Mm. We have a three-pointer. This is something you should probably keep an eye on. If you have mm. some extra wild cards, you think this sounds cool, go for it. But uh, we're not convinced that this is worth a slot in your deck we want it to be we think it could be and mm -hmm. like you know and then a half court is honestly just cards we kind of like but no are probably destined for failure yes <laughs> all right jeff um when you take that half court shot you want it to go in but you know it's probably not going in yeah it's true um and we snake draft this just like you would in a fantasy draft jeff uh i don't have the ceremonial tuny i wanted to ask you i believe did you go first last time? I do not remember. Fantastic. So That's, we're going to... Wait, gonna, what card did I pick last time? I can tell you if I went first or not. You so. picked Mosswood Dread Knight. I think so, I went first. Yeah, I think you went first too. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. I'll, I will, I'll let you go first. All right. Okay, fine. So uh, my layup. <clears throat> this set was really hard for me to find a layup. Yeah. Um, because the there didn't really feel to be some cards that were just like straight play this card this card's amazing this is the card everyone's psyched about it like but i think i found one that i think fits into the meta really well it's in a color that's played a lot and it will actually do things but i was waffling between is this a three-pointer is this a layup but I think this got enough press that oh man, this, I'm wondering this if you're is, stealing my card now. This is going to be a layup. <laughs> so um, my layup is Tishana's Tidebender. So it's two and a blue for a three-two creature Merfolk Wizard at rare with flash, and it says when it enters the battlefield, counter up to one target activated or triggered ability, and if ability of an artifact creature or planeswalker is uh, countered this way. The permanent loses all abilities for as long as Tishana, uh, is, the card, is on the battlefield. So, the reason I picked this is because our standard format is dominated by triggered abilities. Mm -hmm. um, it is everywhere. Uh, people talk about Shieldred and um, Atraxa being like the cards to play in this format. This card just counters them. Uh, more so Shieldreds. You can play this, then the Shieldreds just a 4-5 with uh, Death Touch, and you don't have to worry about losing life anymore or them getting life. And imagine like your Atraxa opponent just slams their Atraxa, and then you're like, well, you don't draw any cards though. And most of the time, that's enough for them to lose the game. Um, yeah. Whereas like, yeah, you don't get any of the removal spells you were hoping to grab. Um, yeah, you just sack whatever the Atraxa blocks, and then yeah. Know, game well. Over. I don't always get in that situation, but I tend to be in the situation where they're at a low enough life that I can attack with enough stuff that even with oh, seven life, they <laughs> tend to die. Uh, <laughs> so um, 
I think that this this card seems really interesting to me, and I am. We were playing around with a Demir deck in the like the summer. I I mm -hmm. think that uh, a flashy type deck, either blue, black, blue, white, could be in the works right now because we have some really great flash creatures. Obviously, this is the one that I think will be pushing me even harder into that that archetype now. Um, but yeah, this like stops Dread Knight triggers. This stops uh, the the black virtue of whatever triggers um there's a lot of weird corner cases that this helps like this stops lands from activating to attack you like this stops uh whatever blossoming tortoise stuff if you care about that like there's a lot of random things this stops your opponents so if they need one more damage from their anvil you stop their anvil right like oh man this card burning off my anvil yeah, and then it's just off, right? So <laughs> that's what I hated about this card when I read yeah. it. That's all I read. Turn <laughs> off my anvil, go to hell. <laughs> so this like turns off your opponent's um wandering emperor. Like that's all of the those card things. that that makes it for me, I think. Yeah. Like it's so it, this card, I uh, I I'll admit. Mm -hmm. I don't understand the implications of this card. This is so different than anything I've seen before. Mm -hmm. This could, to me, this could range from like pretty good, but not quite there for standard, all the way to like, I'm going to see this all the time in standard and I'm going to be so annoyed by all the different things it does. Because like, I can think of specific things that it does, but I'm not, I'm not, I don't have the full picture. Like, mm -hmm. I know that if this card is is great i'm gonna see it and like in a month be like how could they print this like, mm -hmm. obviously it did all of these things but right now i'm like okay i see the things it does you know and people love to talk about children it's like okay but like you know you know what does that go for the throat does a better job actually of dealing with children mm -hmm. um yeah but go for the throat doesn't attack for three in the air <laughs> This doesn't fly. Oh, this doesn't fly? This is one of those fucking <laughs> cards that doesn't fly. It oh. looks like it's like surfing or something, but it doesn't fly. You know what? It's because um, Malcolm flies. That's why. Oh, God. Yeah. Never mind. Uh, but like, so this doesn't attack for three either against a shield. Okay, you're right. You're right. Uh, well, technically, it does. It just it just dies and gets, then you turn the shield back on. It just gets blocked. Yeah, yeah. And then you turn the activated ability or the triggered ability back on. But there's, to me, the Wandering Emperor is the sure thing here. Like, mm -hmm. there's no clean way really to deal with the Wandering Emperor. This does. Mm -hmm. Like, the Wandering Emperor, you play this, you get nothing. I get a 3 2. Like, yeah. nothing does that other than a counter spell. Mm -hmm. And nothing does it where you also get a 3 2. Like, that's yeah. the card this is best against. Um, and then, obviously, any Planeswalker, I guess. But that's, that's the one. That's, that's the, the one that matters. Card. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, when. I play my Wandering Emperors now, I'm going to have to worry about this card. Mm. Normally, it's just like, okay, worry about Counterspell, sure, but that's not that bad because I'm end-stepping it against you, so you untap. Like, you spend your Counterspell, I untap. Mm -hmm. Right? Wandering Emperor is naturally pretty good against Counterspells because I make you tap out, and then I untap, and then I play something. Um, this card is like, whoa, I'm way behind now. Like, mm -hmm. I guess I can kill it, but have to use another Still, card sort of yeah neutered and uh, the wandering amber didn't get that advantage that it mm -hmm. normally gets of being a turn yeah. up and all that um 
Yeah, so I honestly don't really know what to think about this card. I think it's super powerful. And if the metagame shapes correctly, which I think the metagame is currently shaped pretty well for it, it could be awesome. But like you can even randomly counter, um, even if it doesn't turn it off, right? What's a good example? Like a wedding announcement? Like you yeah. can just counter a trigger from that, put a 3-2 on the board. And a mm. lot of people just slam wedding announcement on turn three, rely on that token to like keep them alive. And if you're adding more pressure to the board and they don't get that token, that's actually not bad. Yeah, not even though only... the wedding it doesn't turn off enchantments, it's still pretty. Oh good. sure, oh sure, sure, sure. You just make sure. Yeah, yeah, you're right, right. It doesn't like freeze it forever, and wedding right. announcement will continue. like it does with a creature artifact or plants. Yeah. Like enchantment is notably gone, mm -hmm. but it's still like just that one. Like these decks that slap slam wedding announcement are really relying on that chump blocker. A yeah. lot of the time, mm -hmm. it's true. Anyway, yeah, I think that that's... that seems great. And I am, I will forget this card doesn't have flying more times. <laughs> yeah, because there's that little solid. It'll just thing. be every episode. I'll be like Zach, that card doesn't have flying. Okay, let's move stop on. saying that. It's because Malcolm Alluring Scoundrel is a one-two with flash and flying that does something, but. Um, and a lot of our flash creatures do have flying and there are cards that care about flash creatures and flying creatures. So it's confusing me. I think this card would be nuts if it had flying. <laughs> I may have specifically made it my layup because I thought it had flying, but whatever. Anyway, Jeff, what's your layup? What What's the sure, sure thing? All right. So I had a similar thing to you. Um, and then I ended up narrowing it down to two different cards. And one of them seemed like a more fun card to highlight than the other. So I'm just going to go with it. But I had a similar ordeal of like, I don't think anything is just obviously super powerful. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of it was like, there's a lot of cards that are too good to be three pointers. And then I'm not 100% mm -hmm. sold. So I didn't know about layups. But in the end, I landed on the card that I think is actually just kind of insane. And that is Thousand Moons Smithy. So this is what I was alluding to earlier when I said, when I first read some of these cards I, that mm -hmm. said artifact and or creature, I thought they only said artifact and I wrote them off. Yeah. And I came back to this one being like, does that one also say or creature? And it does. And I think that's freaking ridiculous. So Thousand Moon Smithy is an artifact to fly white. Mm -hmm. It is legendary. When it enters the battlefield, you get a gnome soldier creature artifact creature token with its power and toughness are equal to the number of artifacts and or creatures you control. These are big tokens, guys. Mm -hmm. And are... at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, you can tap five untapped artifacts and or creatures to transform it. The other side is nuts. It's a land that adds white. And whenever you cast an artifact or a creature using it, you create another one of those tokens. This is ridiculous. Like, just this card with Wedding Announcement, that's already, like, a deck. Like, that's already... <laughs> you don't need to do the artifact thing. This can tap itself, by the way, to transform itself. So you'll actually only need mm -hmm. four other ones, but you don't get the land untapped. So. No, but you make another one when you play it, so you only need three other ones. <laughs> Right, so you, this alone only requires three other creatures. If you have a wedding announcement, that creates That's... the three creatures. So, <laughs> and it pumps them all. 
these tokens are freaking huge and then anytime you play anything except a wedding announcement mm -hmm. you get a massive token this card is very very good i and there are so many white creature decks i would it would blow my mind if this doesn't find its way into white creature decks and you if you have an artifact sub theme, great, but you don't need one because mm -hmm. it's just there's just huge creatures. And like what I love about it is you have a let's say a wrath happens. Mm -hmm. This helps you recover from a wrath so quickly. Like you untap, you play a creature. Okay, they both have summoning sickness, you pass. Next turn you play another creature and you just have a massive board. Mm -hmm. You have four creatures, like two of them are four fours, probably bigger, because you might have some artifact or something that is generated at the same time. Yeah. Like you now have this ridiculous land, right? Like, man, this card seems nuts. And I it would it would blow my mind if it doesn't appear in some manner, just because there are so many strong white creatures. And all this asks of you is to be a white creature deck. Yeah. I I love that you pointed this out because this is like on the list of cards that had too many words and the flip thing where I <laughs> yeah. read the first part and I was like, yeah, I'm going to stop reading. I read it um, as artifacts at first. I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. When it's oh, creatures, it's a different fucking story. <laughs> it absolutely is. Um, these are like super constructs, right? Because Karn, yeah. uh, Karn makes constructs that care about artifacts. So that's where our like initial idea comes from is like exactly oh it's a construct it's like no these are busted huge much better anything any creature that creates an artifact on etb like mm -hmm. it gets adds like two to it um yeah. awesome this i am excited for because this feels just like a completely different deck which is exciting um yeah like i think you build decks around this card your top mm -hmm. end is like four of these and, and that's, that's it. Maybe that's it. Wandering Emperor, I guess, probably goes in a similar deck. But you gotta sure. you know, choose how many four drops you want to play. So mm -hmm. maybe you play three of these, two of Emperors, or something like that. Absolutely. Because these are legendary. Yeah, but the thing is, they're legendary, but you flip one of them as a land. The other one, you can just play to get another dude. That's right. And then and you... it's an artifact, so when you mm -hmm. play this with the land... You get two. Triggers. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So you get three <laughs> pumps. You get... Uh, two creatures and then it pumps all your others by three so that's just saying I... this is legendary for a reason it would be insane okay. if you could just stack these oh yeah <laughs> that'd be so gross um yeah okay all right all right it's all right a card it's a and, card you know there will be that slight corner case where you just need one more mana and so then you end up turning this into a you tap the other land do your stuff and then turn this into a land and then it's untapped um yeah and i love that like you know it's a legendary artifact playing a second one of these when you have one on the board it's not that bad you just get another mm -hmm. gigantic token like yeah and then you just lose totally it. fine four mana for a, a gigantic token I'm right fine. like if you already have one of these and the other token around stuff like it's gonna be big so mm -hmm. you don't care that like I think, yeah, I think you just play four of these because you don't care that much if you have, have multiple. Yeah, uh, totally. Especially with the braid in the format, um, mm -hmm. you're yeah. totally fine. You're totally fine. Um, sick. I love it. Um, so, Jeff, we're snake drafting. Do you have your, your three-pointer locked and loaded for us? Yeah, so, oh, man, I went 
back and forth around this so much, but you know what? I always got to give the Anvil players the Anvil stuff. Okay. And this is the the, uh, the card I mentioned earlier that is uh, insane. <laughs> with uh, what was the what's the name of the guy? Sun Sunshot Militia. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so one card I oh I wish it wasn't a mythic rare, but I'm gonna have to do some drafting to pick these up. I very excited about trying out Oger Axonil Deepest Might. This one might be another too many words for uh, Zach to read. But, yeah. Uh, so this is a legendary creature god. It's one of the the god cycles. Mm-hmm. It's the red one. It's a 4-4 mm-hmm. four trample. Check this out. If a red source you control would deal an amount mm-hmm. of non-combat damage less than this creature's power to an opponent, it deals damage equal to its power instead. So you slap this down, and all of your pings do four. Four damage. Your anvils deal four. Your mm-hmm. sunshot, whatever, deals mm-hmm. four every time you tap two things. How are they not dead? Of course mm-hmm. they are dead. And then that's the, the god ability, where when it dies, you return it as a land, and then you can flip it back over. Mm-hmm. But the point is, when you play this, they die yeah. in the anvil deck, because you have... Maybe you have an extra mana around. You have your stupid Voldaren uh, Epic here, everybody's favorite. Mm. Um, oh. I kind of want to. <laughs> four. Voldaren <laughs> Epic here doing four. <laughs> um, I love that. Kumano, you know, if you're going to play the uh, Benton Mazden version, you're oh. running Kumano. Like, this thing is a. Like, I like four drops that just win the game mm. when they resolve. That's the kind of four drop this deck wants. Yeah. And I'm thinking this is better than even Obnixilisk as the four drop I was running before. Like, this is just, if I have two anvils out, how are you not dead? <laughs> That's true. I feel like I had read this card and I had seen that for a moment, um, but then completely washed away. Uh, oh that, man, that I'm part. putting together with the Sunshot Militias, the Anvils, top out at this. It's just, mm-hmm. it feels like a, how are you not dead when I cast yeah. this? Like, uh, it, it seems like some of these gods I kind of looked over because like I've seen gods before and I just like don't think too much about it. Um, yeah, but I thought I, they were all pretty terrible and then I reread this one. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. All my pings steal four and I play a red ping deck. Chandra? Chandra? I love Chandra. Four when she pluses. You know what you do? You have Chandra, then on turn four you play this, plus Chandra, ping you for four, add a red, Voldaren Epicure, four more. Four more. Ah, (laughs) yeah. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. Um, Obnixilis token, four. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I love that. That, That's awesome. Yeah. Um, For everyone, though, um, I don't know. This is kind of a different tangent, but. Um, if you're interested, there is a pronunciation chart in our Discord channel. So this this is such a weird name, and this is exactly yeah. why I, I wanted was hundred percent. I knew I was wrong, but yeah. I didn't know how I was wrong, so I just pronounced it phonetically. Yes, and was willing to wait to be. That is, that's exactly what you should do. But but apparently, the J E R is O'Hare, so it's O'Hare. like O'Hare Air, Airport. So it's O'Hare. Ashonil. Gotcha. So X's Ashenil. are 
arsh sounds. It's that weird. that I could have guessed. I thought the J would be more of like a, a Y sound. That's what I like. thought too, um, until I found this on Twitter. Um, and I, that was actually something I didn't bring up at the very beginning, is that this set has the most difficult cards to pronounce because of the uh, how they're going and looking at how things are like pronounced in these like ancient kind of Aztec languages. So say like the Mayan. Yeah, the Mayan kind of things. Yeah. And that makes it really difficult because Using we're not used yeah. to that. Most of the languages in, in North America were used to like Spanish and French. And even in Spanish, they wouldn't have used this is... our alphabet, right? So exactly. Um, but yes, uh, O'Hare Ashonil, which is gotcha. I never would have gotten. I'm just going to call him deepest might. Yeah, pretty... no, do no. that. Say the red god. That'll work the perfectly red god, fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. Uh, love that. Love that. All right. So I was actually thinking that I we might have been fighting over this card as a three pointer, but now I'm kind of worried that you think that this might be a um, <laughs> a half court shot. I had a lot of balls. Like three pointer okay. was the hardest one to choose. Because I felt because like I had almost three pointers. Almost everything felt like a three pointer, and like layup was so difficult. So yeah. my my first my first thought of a That's three pointer. That's part of the lack of rotation, I think, because there's nothing that she's like clearly gonna inject into standard. Yeah. Um. So my first two picks were just picking cards that were strong in colors or interesting in colors that are already strong in standard. So this mm -hmm. card. I was wavering between whether this is actually a half court or not, but I think that it really does make it in the deck that it's in right now. I don't think it's going to be huge and it would be kind of a fun of one of type of thing, but I would not be surprised at all if I saw people starting to play squirming emergence in their Golgari decks. So mm -hmm. it's one black green for a sorcery. It has Fathomless Descent and just says return to the battlefield, target non-land permanent card in your graveyard with mana value less than or equal to the number of permanent cards in your graveyard. Uh, because Golgari is like, like Greed Black is one of the biggest colors that have been dominating standard currently. And when they were switching away from cut down into like um, this kind of strategy of like they're playing the the black virtue, but also they're milling with blossoming tortoise and putting a bunch of lands into their graveyard. And then you have the moss Wart dread knight that goes into your graveyard. And some people were still playing tenacious underdog. You're getting a lot of this like kind of graveyard strategy and you're, you're dumping things into your bin with the hopes of bringing it back with your black persistence or virtue. I, I don't remember what that card's called virtue of persistence, virtue of, black something i can't remember i don't remember if uh what... i think it is persistence right or loyalty pestilence? is the white one loyalty is the white one i for whatever reason persistence feels like a white name so i know i was like is that the white one I'm like no loyalty is the white loyalty. one so it is persistent like mental yeah. <laughs> thing uh, gymnastics um, so this card already has that like hey we're gonna start bringing things back from the graveyard and most of the time all of your cards are four or less so like that's not that many cards. Now, you don't want to have too many of these squirming emergences in your deck so that you aren't milling permanence, but like this gets back 
a bunch of stuff. This could get back like your Mosswood Dread Knight that like died and you didn't, or, or somebody countered it and you couldn't use it to loop, or like any of the the different types of things that you're hoping for. Um, you already have your Blossoming Tortoise that's bringing back your lands. This slots into that other feel of like, hey, what if we didn't only bring back lands? We could bring back a bunch of other stuff before we have seven mana to slam our big enchantment. Um, so I think maybe two copies would be an interesting thing to fit in there. And it just seems like a cool card to be there. Um, I like. I don't think it's so far out that it is a half court. It felt a little bit too cheeky because the colors are actually really playable and most of your targets are not huge. So yeah, that's, that's it. That's what I have to say. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I dig this card. I was thinking of it more in just like a, in a pure reanimator framework. Mm -hmm. This is as fast as you can get now. Yes. So reanimator is always five mana now. Mm -hmm. um, they've been pretty clear about that. This is breaking the rules because you can get, you can get to six by turn three. Mm -hmm. And so if you happen to mill a six drop as one of those six and everything in your deck is uh, a permanent, permanent um, you can turn three reanimate a six drop. Like, mm -hmm. and I like that they're giving that back to us. They're giving it to us with a condition that's a big not condition easy to fulfill, mm -hmm. given that this itself is not a permanent. I think that's mm -hmm. the biggest weakness of this card. Um, if it was like a, enchantment that did it or something that then would be insane mm -hmm. well it wouldn't be insane but it would be a lot better yeah. um yeah i think this is a good like three pointer mm -hmm. uh, i love this card i think it's more powerful than people are giving it credit for because i've seen some hate on it how bad it is online i was like that's yeah, so terrible i that's don't ridiculous. think it's that bad um yeah. and and i think a big idea in my mind is like the amount of like the black persistence that is a removal spell but in your graveyard it is a permanent um, yeah that's huge there's how... and there's a lot of stuff like that right like mm -hmm. even battles they all do stuff that's true permanence. Mm -hmm. that you also thing, so. have like well we're not going to move into that that framework so i won't even bring that up but but yeah i think uh i would not be surprised seeing this card yeah Same. um i like the card Mm -hmm. so it was it was floating around was okay i was wondering if we were going to fight over it that's why <laughs> because it has like traditional jeff qualities to it so i was like yeah. oh maybe this, this is a card i that will attract my attention for sure <laughs> yeah all right so we're, we're coming around the bend i have a half court shot jeff let's hear it now uh i don't want you to be mad at me but I don't like this. it's not really it's not really that terrible but i just remember we had shit on something very recently that maybe i should have walked back up a little bit maybe i was a little bit too harsh um hmm. <laughs> so my half court shot is actually an uncommon um so that means like very low risk so you could even try it um but yeah craft them all Who yeah cares? uh calamitous cave -in. 
is the three and a red for a sorcery. I see where you went with this now. Yeah. So it's three and a red for a sorcery, uh, and it it deals X damage to each creature in each planeswalker, where X is the number of caves you control, plus the number of cave cards in your graveyard. So last week we had talked specifically about how we thought that cave lands weren't that great, and you shouldn't really focus on taking the rare ones, because we didn't think they were going to play a big part in standard, this is the only card that would make me feel like there's a possibility because this card sounds a lot like Gates Ablaze, which is part of the Gates deck, which to be fair, the Gates deck didn't do huge things in the standard, but it does give you the dream because... I think it did pretty cool things in standard because mm-hmm. it gave players a extremely low wild card. Like every, there were very wild few card count. Yeah. So it was a serviceable deck. I don't think it was ever tier one, really, but mm-hmm. it was, it was like competitive, mm-hmm. and there were very few rares, if any. I can't remember. There must have been a few. I think Gates Blaze was a rare, actually. I don't think so. But, I thought it was an uncommon, yeah. so you could play in draft because there was the draft deck. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, it was just like an awesome deck for the format, mm-hmm. um, and I think Caves might be lined up to do a similar thing. Yeah. It's and just so hard for a parasitic mechanic like this to yes. enter a enter three-year three year standard, for sure. Like, um, that is super difficult. And that is actually something I didn't think about a lot. But I did love that, like, so the big thing with caves and all the common caves is that you can play them. They come into play tapped. They tap for one color, but they discover four. And the great thing is that you can discover this card off of your caves and this card is the best payoff because you are going to get your shit kicked in as you're playing your tap lands every turn um spelunking is like a green enchantment that helps you play your your lands untapped and and you gain life when you do stuff and blah 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 but this is the card that actually resets the board and lets you turn the corner and Mm -hmm. as i was playing this in draft uh i didn't do well with the caves deck i drafted um, but I had three of them and I found the power of just, there's a good chance I'm going to get one of these if I just sack my land and it would happen often. Um, so I was like, huh, maybe this does have a place in standard and this could be cool. But if there is a place you need four of this card, and this is why you can do anything. I don't think any of the other cave payoffs are enough for, to be able to to actually survive. And this is the card um, because it. it's, yeah, it's it's there. It's it's quite a half court shot. I don't really, I think- okay. I think my half court shot is even further back. Okay, the court all right. Than yours. I'm like in my fans area. <laughs> well, I, I can safely say that every caves deck in standard will have four copies of this. I am sure of it. Um, At least if you count the 75. Yes, but I, I don't see why they wouldn't just play four in their main deck. Um, what if you run into a control deck? Then you sideboard afterwards. <laughs> what what control deck are you running into every match? Like. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, three plus one could be a better split if control is popular. Sure, but four means that you mean business. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> forgot about meaning business. Yeah, so it's Your really It's like, well, I whooped your ass, but you really mean business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeff, give me your half-court shot. All right. 
So this is like a full court shot. Mm-hmm. Like I was thinking. But right. I just love this card. I want to talk about it. And yeah. we didn't talk about it last time. So the card is Throne of the Grim Captain. All right. This is two-man artifact. You can tap it to mill two cards. Then you can craft it with a dinosaur, a merfolk, a pirate, and a vampire for four. Um, easy peasy. Flip it into the Grim <laughs> Captain. Menace Trample, Lifelink, Hexproof, 7-7. Seven, seven. Whenever it attacks, you can put one of those creatures you exiled to craft it into play tap and attacking that is a payoff mm-hmm. uh, i should mention it's a skeleton spirit pirate <laughs> um, i love that it's still a pirate just, but none of the other pirates yes none of the other ones but it's it's a pirate <laughs> um yeah it's it's very like davy jones kind of thing like there's mm-hmm. this ultimate pirate who died a long time ago and he has this ancient tomb hidden way below ixalan and for some reason it requires one of each of them to like turn their key or whatever it is sacrifice mm-hmm. themselves to oh, make this. I like um, that. very cool like story you can tell yourself from this mm-hmm. um the payoff is there so if you want to try to jump through these hoops the hoops i think are definitely just it's, it's just too difficult mm-hmm. um but i also have kind of a funny story i like while i was cleaning or something i tuned into uh gab nasif's uh stream during the what's it called like the streamer event oh sure the like um yeah yeah, yeah. it was before you started streaming so you didn't get the invite but like, the streamers <laughs> get early access yeah, yeah, yeah. early uh, access that's what it's called um in the thing and he was playing against this card and he read it and he like flipped it over and he was just like, am I missing something chat? Like this card is insane. Like, how do you deal with the creature on the backside? And he's just like talking about it. Like it has hex proof and people, this chat saying, oh, well, it doesn't have indestructible. So you can like play Sunfall to kill it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so you have to play Sunfall. You just lose the game now. Like, I don't understand. And he's he just has this like like the payoff is too high and he's going on and on about it like you know, and then um, at one point he just says, "Oh, why didn't they activate that?" And someone says, "Oh, he's missing Merfolk or whatever," because the person had been milling and they mm-hmm. had the whole thing going on. And he like hovers over it again. He's like, "Oh, you need one of each." I thought you just needed one of any of these four things. Oh. And then you, and he's like, oh yeah, the card's a little worse than I thought, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it might have got, just gone from best card they've ever printed to like worst card in the set. <laughs> in my yeah, mind, yeah. With one reread. Yeah. <laughs> craft with one card, craft with four. I'm just sitting there like, how does, what am I missing that Gabriel Nassif thinks this card is good? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm um, going to respect your opinion, but how is this card not terrible? <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, so this card was my other option that I was looking at this one yeah. <laughs> uh, really intently because I just love the the flavor of it so much. It's so um, cool. It's so cool. And and I know people are going to be trying this. I know yes. as I like climb the ranks of the ladder or I jump into a few uh, events, mm-hmm. I'm going to play against someone trying to do this. Yes. I'm and pretty this sure is... I'm going to go like cha-ching and get the mm-hmm. easy win. But... <laughs> this is a really great thing to do 
after you've already crafted all of your creature lands for the set and you need more things to craft. That right. is when you start to do stuff like this. Yeah. And you know what's a really good card in this deck is Squirming you Emergence. Start. You should put that in this deck. <laughs> there you go. Um, you open in packs. You know what else is a good card in this deck? Galta mm. and Maverin. Those are also good cards. You know what's funny? Cards to bring like, back tapped in a deck. Yeah. In my mind, I'm just like, what if you just like your Merfolk just play like cheap one drop explorers to like get things moving? And then yeah. you care about dropping the dinosaurs and the, the vampires. Yeah, maybe your pirate is small too. And so it's just like, all right, I need a merfolk and a pirate that just kind of dump stuff into my graveyard. And then my dinosaur and my vampire ones I actually care about bringing back. And like, let's flip it as soon as possible. Because then it gets expert. You. It's about Galta and Maffron, man. It's about that mm -hmm. dinosaur pirate. Oh. Oh, that you're talking about that card. I thought you were talking yeah, about yeah, the yeah. the okay. I oh no, one that. of each. No, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, like yeah, the yeah. one that's like the combo and it's the combo. All right, that's the cheat code. Can can you do that though? Because it doesn't say and or. No, right? no, you need two of them. Oh, but like it, it. Oh, it it plays. It, plays it's it's a know, wild card yeah, yeah. for two of them. Exactly. I understand now. I understand yeah. now. All right. <laughs> Um, well, you imagine can also... you just have one changeling. You're like, boom, bitch. Boom, yeah. <laughs> there you go, done. <laughs> yeah, you're just playing with like. <laughs> I guess we don't have any changelings right now, do we? But um, no, but in explorer, would this be modern play or explorer? For sure. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I love it. Uh, yeah, awesome, sweet card. Uh, super sick. It's got the best. Uh, uh, ability on it as well with hexproof all right yeah i felt like this is a card we just needed to talk about because oh awesome. absolutely so now jeff we have some overrated undercards uh, overrated undercards oh my god what's overrated under the card um <laughs> uh, overrated cards and underrated cards if we have any um I do. Okay, I want to hear your overrated because I felt like one card was overrated, but now I feel like it really isn't, and I'm so out of the loop and not interested. I don't know, but but give me yours first. Uh, okay, so the card that I think is overrated, mm -hmm. having tuned in to a bit more social media than uh, I have in the past, so now I actually mm -hmm. feel good about this one. The card that I think is wildly overrated at the moment is Bloodletter of Aklazots. Ah. Uh. So this is one black, black, black for a 2-4 with flying. If an opponent would lose life during your turn, they lose twice that much life instead. I have seen people calling this color-shifted Torbran, and I find that offensive. Okay. <laughs> it's definitely... It's, it's much worse than Torbran. Torbran should be a rolling in his grave right now. How dare you? <laughs> I so this is funny because I sucks. I love this card. I disagree <laughs> with you. I I really like it, and I was you're thinking, one of those people that overrates it. That's perfect. This is a card that I wanted to be like now, like uh, like mono black aggro has a nice like four drop finisher. Mm -mm. I was like, and attack, slap this, and attack kind of thing. Um, I love it. I love it. I think it's great. Block it, man. What are you talking about? This sucks. Block it? I'm not talking about it. I'm talking about the other creatures that you're attacking with. Um, yeah, you block them as well. It does nothing in combat. 
Torbrand was excellent for getting your cheap creatures through blockers. That's true. You're it right. Do that. If your opponent plays nothing, yeah, this kills them. <laughs> Usually your opponent will put up a bit of resistance. And uh... Yeah. For the most part, I think you'd be able to get around some stuff. And like there are... Nope. You spent one black, black, black on this. Can't do anything else. I, I'm not talking about on the turn that you play this. I'm just saying that, like, anyway, I don't want to get into a huge fight. I, I it sucks. I haven't you seen anyone see card. freak out about this card. I almost picked this as like an underrated card because I liked it. <laughs> really, I'm seeing people go crazy about this. And That's they're just hilarious. Like, and it's Torbrand. It's like I, this is I, so much worse. It's than definitely Torbrand. not Torbrand, and I agree with you with that. And I, I have heard someone say it's Torbrand, but better because it has flying. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? I also don't agree with that. The other thing is like being in red. Like there are so there's like a history of cards that just like deal damage to your opponent's face that like get boosted. Yeah, yeah. And like we don't get as many cards that like make your opponent lose life uh, in black. Like just. I mean, the, I guess if your opponent just taps all their fucking pain lands while after you play this, they're gonna die. But yeah, sure. Or like. I don't know. Are you playing like Vampire's Kiss or something that like just like it, like popper cards that like deal to or like make them lose two life and you gain two life or something? But like, no, like it, I was it, just seeing a lot of chatter about this card and I think you will see zero of it next week. It's true. This is the card that I thought was. Uh, I, I didn't hear anyone talk about it and I thought that it was going to yeah, be we, we were... cool not intersecting uh, you I'm, I'm on i think i'm on the twitter verse and you're in you're in reddit and i'm missing i'm missing it but oh it was, it was streams actually i was watching oh. jim davis's stream well, and stuff and there jim davis's like, stream. cards well oh. he said he agreed with me that it was oh, terrible. okay all right well. other people were saying in his chat and stuff and like everyone's talking about this he played against it so many times yeah well, really I I definitely card. agree with you. Also, chat is a perfect place to find an overrated card because chat right is, that that yeah. was like I'm gonna watch. Yeah, yeah. Gonna <laughs> yeah that's that's amazing. Um, <laughs> I definitely do not feel good about my overrated card now because <laughs> because, because somebody called Discord Torbrand and then you can't yeah. compete with how overrated that is. <laughs> I the card that I. <laughs> decided to talk about is actually good but i don't think it's nearly as good as people think it is no no that's um, the way okay we gotta go on our soapbox again. yeah we get made fun of you know we, we get poked fun at for saying shieldred is overrated mm -hmm. right shieldred is very good but people talk about it they literally say it has ruined the format because it is too oppressive yes that is not true so it is overrated mm -hmm. most cards that are overrated are actually good Right? This one, you know, the one I yeah. just gave is exception. So, so. I, uh, okay, now I feel really bad. I don't think, I don't feel great about this card anymore. Now I'm like really oh God, guessing it everything. It's probably amazing. Oh my um, God. Yeah. Don't tell is, me it's Thousand Moon Smithy. It's not. It's definitely not that because I didn't read that card. Um, but, yeah, right. <laughs> it has so many words. It's overrated. So, uh, <laughs> now it feels ridiculous but the only card i was seeing and it was people talking about it like breaking into a bunch of different formats and being like one of the best cards ever and putting this try or sorry this kindred deck on the map now again bringing it back to life was 
deep root pilgrimage the one in a blue enchantment for merfolk um where like if you tap them that was a reprint actually is it not a reprint? i know it's not because people are saying oh you can play this in modern again i was like because there's there's a pretty similar card in last excellent so i was just operating under the assumption there was was i think it was one when you cast when you cast a spell you make it that would do yes yeah and this is when you tap so this is an enchantment for a one and a blue and whenever one or more non-token merfolk you control become tapped you make one uh bloom or a full creature token with hexproof yeah. it makes one a turn which is okay um i just think like in these types of decks uh merfolk work very similarly to how elf wall works where it's like you need creatures to continue to go and if yeah. you're two drop i guess it's an enchantment and i guess maybe your one drop attacks and then you make another one but like Still spent turn two on a one one. Yeah, it's not gonna. It's not gonna be good enough. It has hexproof, I'm, sure, yeah. but like your I'm opponent's totally still your, your your opponent's still gonna like sunfall it away. I, I at least you keep the enchantment. Especially since your two drop was a one one, so you're not yeah. gonna kill them fast. I just i i don't I don't think it's gonna crack standard, and I don't I think people were thinking, oh, this card's gonna make it so that like Merfolk is a standard deck, and I was like. I really don't think it's going to get there. Um, so maybe in like formats that are deeper, obviously, uh, and it, they, people could have been talking about other formats, but I just wanted to, to shout out that I don't. I think it's too slow in older formats too, though. Like, honestly, I could have told you this card was overrated without knowing if anyone talked about it because people just love Merfolk and oh, it's well. never it's never good all right well thank you for validating my feelings jeff i really appreciate that you're very good this, at that this card is overrated <laughs> all right um don't craft four copies of this card because you think merfolk are going to be the new thing in the set especially since like think about older stuff like blue green merfolk what are you playing mm-hmm. you're probably playing collected company right you mm-hmm. gonna put this in your collected company deck no because you, you no i'm not no no because like yeah you're losing hits and if you're yeah. The only non-creature that's acceptable to hit off Collected Company is another Collected Company. Yeah, exactly. Like, you want your two-drop to be like, uh, bring another Merfolk Lord. There are enough two-drop Merfolk Lords. It's better. Than that's this. true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It doesn't do any of that. Um, fantastic. Overrated. Overrated. Oh, I feel so much better now. Uh, oh. All right. Um, all right, so... I do have an underrated card. I actually don't know how underrated it really is, uh, except for the fact that it does much more than I thought it did, and I think everyone should know about it. Um, Love it. Because it's it's awesome, and it's one of the cards that I easily could have not read because it has text on it. <laughs> text text at any, of any kind. There's so much. Um, yeah. I only play vanilla creatures. So uh, my underrated card, which people should put on their radar and they should be looking at. And if this becomes like there is really powerful stuff this thing does is O'Hare Pak Patik Deepest Epoch, which is uh, the blue god. It's a thank you. Two blue blue (laughs) for a four three legendary god at mythic. It has flying. It does have flying. This one does. And uh, it says whenever you cast an instant spell from your hand, it gains rebound. 
which rebound is it exiles as it resolves. And at the beginning of your next upkeep, you may cast it from exile without paying its mana cost. And then it has the same thing with the God stuff. If it dies, it um, becomes a land with three time counters on it. And then you tap it uh, for blue. And then eventually it uh, you lose time counters and you can pay three to flip it back and it becomes the God again. So really this feels like, oh, okay. So you're playing like this blue flying God in your Jeskai deck. And so you get to like get rebound stuff on some of your like removal spells or your whatever. Yes. But if you play this card with adventure cards, you can cast the adventure side for free on the rebound. So you you cast your your two mana, two two vigilance dude, you get to play the enchantment for free the next turn. Any of those adventure cards, you get to just do the other thing next turn for free. You don't have to wait until turn seven to play your Virtue of Persistence. That's kind of nuts. You play it for free. That's a little like, um, yeah, I didn't think about that at all. That That's a little like, uh, what's, you know. It's, it's like the Tybalt's trickery. Tybalt's trickery kind of yeah. Shenanigans. It's, it's like, uh, it's broken is what it is. So yeah. like, though, I hope this isn't good. Yes. That's dumb. That's dumb. It's very <laughs> dumb, but it does all that stuff. Like, um, there's like that, uh, that one card, I mean, most of the cards, obviously they're all from Eldraine, but like the Azorius one, that's like a four mana, four, four with a bunch of abilities, but you get to flicker something, um, Mm -hmm. you flicker something and then you get to play the four, four for free the next turn. Um, and you can just like smash face. Uh, it, it is really powerful. But also, it's not the type of card that you want to play on turn four with nothing, you know? So you do have to kind of wait until you can actually get value out of it. Um, The spell does gain rebound. So even if you, like your opponent targets it to kill it, you can play an instant uh, and get the value if it's turn six or something. Um, You have to make sure you can make it to turn six and have everything line up. But um, it can be extremely powerful. So... Yeah, just be like, I think that's pretty cool. Point out. I hey. didn't think of it in that way. So I was like, I don't know where you're going with this card being underrated, but <laughs> yeah, I kind of get it. Yeah. yeah. Anytime you can do that kind of like dumb stuff, you have to at least think about it. Yeah. I will say this is not an endorsement to craft a ton of these because yeah. I <clears throat> don't think it's going to be okay. fantastic. But if you already have some of those adventure cards and that seems like an interesting build, you could try it. But don't be a bit of like the cascade deck from the mm-hmm. last season from, from whatever. Yeah. But... It's the same type of thing where you're trying to cheese yeah. your opponent out. Once people are privy to it, they won't let you do it. And then it's kind of the, the fun's kind of over, but yeah. you can do it. All right. Cool. Uh I didn't have a great option for underrated card, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't seeing any card that I thought people were just like totally sleeping on. Um, but I have done the thing you're not supposed to do, and I just went ahead and crafted some cards I want to play with. You know, I'm playing a bit of standard. <laughs> so uh, I, we talked about it last time, and I'm still mm-hmm. in love with the Myco Tyrant. So. I'm just going to use that here because yeah. I don't know if other people are playing it. Um, card's really good. I You make so many 1-1s. One 
You make <laughs> so many one ones, and all you have to do is basically like what I like about it is that it's a graveyard. It goes in the descent deck, mm-hmm. but it's totally fine on a clean board. And yeah. the deck needs that kind of thing. You play mm-hmm. this, and then you play a way to mill yourself, and then you get four one ones or whatever, mm-hmm. like just out of nowhere. And so your opponent farewells you, which is this deck's you know quote unquote worst nightmare before a card like this is is there. But mm-hmm. you've sandbagged this because you know your opponent's going to play for like they're going to play farewell or they're going to lose. Yeah. So they play farewell, and then you go boom like Michael Tyrant. Um, you know, worst Seder Wayfinder whose name I could never remember and always have to search for <laughs> Elemental when I craft my deck. But, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but uh, and then you're just like totally repopulated board. It's wide mm-hmm. and tall. Yeah. Um, yeah. This has Trample. Like, this card is great. And it just gives you that extra element. Now, don't just like jam this in when you already have a huge board and just make it bigger mm-hmm. because we, like, you do have to sandbag this and it's like um one thing i found kind of cute is uh oh fuck what's the one drop but there's a one drop that mills you one card every turn then it transforms if you oh yeah oh from um midnight hunt yeah yeah like way back yeah anyways you have that one drop then you play this and then on your upkeep this will just trigger it's also like a fungus right yeah Um, and it it already pumps this so that's kind of fun that's cool uh, yeah, I just think this card is like if this deck was ever going to really be a thing, this is the mm-hmm. type of card it needed to be able to recover from a graveyard wipe, or yeah. you know, in particular, farewell, which wipes your board and your and graveyard. your graveyard. Yeah, um, this is just like it doesn't care that much. It only cares how you descend moving forward, mm-hmm. not how you've descended in the past. That's true. That. That's a great point because most of the time um, the cards, you know, turn like all the blue black ones turn off when you lose eight cards in your graveyard. That's why I was like, yeah, I don't know about this descend thing, but you're right. This one really fathomless descend. mm -hmm. They only care about how many cards you have. Mm -hmm. This one's like, no, I only care if you descend in future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice. All right. I agree. I saw like when this first was like uh, spoiled, I remember seeing a lot of people like, oh, my God, this looks so sweet. And then immediately, like, drops off the face of the earth, and people forgot that it yeah. existed, like, at, right. completely. I was yeah. like, dude, I gotta, I'm just gonna craft this because I'm never gonna pick one up and drag. So I gotta, yeah, <laughs> I'm just, I just that, gonna play this deck. That is one of the things with like, um, mythics when we're talking about like no pass list, like, you rarely see the mythics actually come around. And if you yeah. do, they tend to be kind of shitty. So, um, you might be lucky to open one and get one. And then you or you get them in prize packs or something. Yeah, or something. Maybe. So like, your mythic wild cards would be like I, you know, I might have to devote more of my actual like equity on it. But this card seems sick. I'm excited to see. As soon as you have a deck list with it, I'm excited to see it and play it. No, I have multiple already. Yeah. When you There's, decide, none of, none of them are good yet. But well, I have when you when builds. you find the good one, you get it together. Yeah. Um. I'm sure oh, it'll, be, it'll be coming straight for the Discord. Yeah, it'll go. In, so check out our Discord if you want to see that. Um, it's not up yet, but it will be up at some point uh, while we're in our Ixalan standard. Absolutely. Uh, wow. Definitely can guarantee that. I love this card. Yeah. Uh, well, Jeff, I finished my beer. 
Uh, this has been great. What a fun! Yeah. I love this the beginning a really of a fun set. set. Yeah. yeah, this is a fun set, but also these episodes are always so so great. Um, oh yeah. So I love it. Let's go to last call. So this is when we rate the beer for the evening, uh, which is from Barrel Heart Oubliette of Staves. So uh, as always, we rate our beers on a scale from bronze to mythic, just like the tiers in arena. However, this has nothing to do with what tier you are in currently or a tiers you just happen to play in. It's just a fun way to rate beers. Um, so don't feel bad when we say that bronze beers are trash. They're horrible. Like you can't drink them. You have to spit them out and pour them on the ground. Yeah. Silver beers are one step up from that. They are bad or just kind of boring. Like mm -hmm. you put all your typical macro brews in this category. Yeah. Gold beers are fine, but you wouldn't really drink them again. Platinum are super solid. You would drink this again. Diamond beers are exceptional. Uh, you really like them and you show them off to your friends. And Mythic, these are the absolute best of the best. These mm -hmm. are, you know, the beers you won't stop talking about and uh, the reason that you love beer. Yeah, that is a really good way of putting it. The reason you love beer. I don't think we've ever said it on the show before. I know, oh, I just thought of it right now. That's like, amazing. That's wow. a good way to put it. Well, write that down, write that down. Yeah, Let's, uh, write it in the show. <laughs> put it everywhere. <laughs> um, all right. The like OG, we're kind of going back in time. If yes. we had if we had started, we might have started with this, but we didn't really know what Barrow Heart was going to be like, and we thought we'd try something try uh, the cool stuff kind in of... case it was terrible. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and we loved them last time. Yes. And Jeff, I just got to say, you know, um, I mean, it's still amazing. <laughs> it it like, delivered again. It delivers. Yeah, uh, this is... I think I took like one sip and I was like, okay, so we're going to spend the rest of the episode deciding if this is diamond or mythic. Yeah. Um, personally, I think I landed on diamond. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there could have just been a bit more like funk, funk. to it, I want to say. Yeah. That would have put it over the edge for me, but it was just like a delicious beer. It had some funk. And me personally, I was like, Oof, if we just had a bit more just a like a bit more of that bit. kick like this i don't know if it's because it's been aged and then they just forgot about it and then like they came back yeah. to it and like maybe that mellowed some of it out like that mm -hmm. time um where that can happen um but i would be hard pressed to say like giving this to a friend being like this is what like if i gave this to someone and said this is what a saison should taste like i might be lying a teeny bit right um yeah. which is why it goes into diamond instead of mythic being like yeah. this is the gold standard but this beer is amazing and i can see why they want to make this and then add different things to it to to bump it up a little bit because yeah. when we because we like we said before we had one that had cherries in it which i think bumped a little bit of the funkiness because of the fruit right tends to make things kind of funky yeah, um you get those sugars from the yeah in there but this one, fantastic. I can see why they made this originally and were like, oh, we should be making lots of beer. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, really, it's really good. I think the way good. you put it is perfect. Like, mm -hmm. if I told someone this is like a Saison, if you like this, you're going to like Saison, mm -hmm. I might be 
pulling like fibbing a little bit yeah, just to get them bit. to try some season exactly so yeah. they're gonna love this and then they might try another season and be like and then oh, be like that's... oh yeah exactly and they're like well it's not like that other one i had i love that one and you're like yeah, yeah that one's not perfect in its style representation it's just an awesome beer it's just really good um <laughs> i knew I you were would... gonna like that one and this was my way of getting you to try it exactly but this one is wonderful i think saisons are just like jumping up on my list of like beers i really love I which love saisons. Yeah. i used to feel like different i think the first saison i had was just like too on too funky on that spectrum um, to be fair had, like... you can like it's an unforgiving style so mm -hmm. it's like if if you're bad, it really sucks. And if you're really good, then it shows. I feel like the first one I had was like passion fruit or like guava or something. Right. And it just like yeah, really yeah. threw me off. Um, <laughs> and so it was like a variation on a style that that wasn't executed extremely well. So, uh, but this is yeah. executed. But if this well. is your idea of a saison mm -hmm. or like, you know, the other ones we've had, which are derivatives of it, like, mm -hmm. it's a totally different story. It's totally, <laughs> totally different. So, Anyway, great stuff. As always, Barrel Heart, fantastic. Great folks. Um, and I also wonder beer. if I had like a random label, never tried their stuff before, mm -hmm. just had this beer, like would I have rated it mythic being like blown out of the water? Like this is amazing. Um, possibly. But because it was Barrel mm -hmm. Heart, I might have been like, Hmm. That's I true. know they've made stuff that's even mm -hmm. better than this. So. Their Goza was so good. Yeah, the Goza was fantastic. Just, I'm still uh, like comparing everything to that. It's so hard. Um, it's as good as that. Yeah, I need to get me some more of those. But anyway, with that being said, we should kind of uh, finish it up. Well, let's go to closing time. Uh, let's, let's sweep up the floors, flip up the bar stools. Uh, throwing us back to our, our sports bar days. Um, <laughs> you can always reach us at Arena Regulars on Twitter and Instagram. You may also find us on Arena itself under the username Arena Regulars Podcast. If you want to talk to me personally, you can find me at uh, Twitter and Instagram as Zulberg, that's Z-U-L-B-E-R-G. But you can also find my stream, which I've been doing a little bit more of, at, which is regular underscore Zach at uh, Twitch. And that's uh, Zach with an H. Yes, now, with an H. Now Thank it you. matters. <laughs> it does matter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can find me on the Discord channel. I go by regular Jeff on the Discord, and the link for that should be in the show notes. It should be. Also, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. Leave us a review there. We had one recently that was amazing, and we posted it on our social media platforms uh, because, you know, you give us some praise, but we want everyone to see what um, people think of the show. But honestly, it just makes us feel really good. The first person I shared it to was Jeff, just to be like, hey. Yes. Love people it. people like the show and that's what we like the most so um please leave your thoughts find us on youtube uh, as well and leave us your comments there this has been the arena regulars reminding you that when you draft sunshot militia don't be afraid to just tap all your stuff every turn because unless you're dead on the crackback they can't really afford to attack good night All right, that's fine.